You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Arik, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by Jackson Moore, the publisher of the Bark Board. And Jackson, uh, you know, now now we took a we took a week off, but uh, it seems like uh, <laughs> you took a turn for the worse. I guess that's what happens when you stop working. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we got a little under the weather earlier this week, so we're running a little behind, but um got a little bit of time off of the bye week thankfully last week and um recovering it worked out a little bit actually because the bulldogs even though they got back to work this week uh, they didn't let us in the media to watch practice so (laughs) it was probably for the best Uh, i got to rest up a little extra and uh, what they did allow us to we got gabe out there but uh, they're a little sensitive right now about the injury issues and they don't really want to let what's going on get out right now so uh it's been in the cave this week, getting ready to make sure I'm all good for Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to need Jackson uh, healthy so that uh, he can be down on the field to, 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 to do his thing. But uh, yeah, this week, uh, this week was a little bit of a, a different type of a, a week for us. And like you said, you weren't able to kind of get into practices and kind of see what's going on. Uh, they're really holding their cards close to their vest as far as those injuries are concerned. Um, but, uh, I'm pretty sure you, you do have a little bit of understanding of what it is that is going to be happening, um, this week. Uh, you know, I guess the key question everybody keeps asking, uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback? I mean, we had Keen go down with an injury, uh, but Fife looked really good, uh, against Nevada. So, or uh, not Nevada against Utah state. So does that kind of shake things up a little bit there, Jackson? Well, I- Coach Tedford did not get too specific on that stuff. And, um, you know, the big question was whether Mikey was even practicing or not. Was he going to be available or not? And, you know, I think he's made it a little bit more clear later in the week that Mikey's a starting quarterback. And if Mikey's healthy 100%, he is going to be in there. Maybe they have a few packages for Logan Fife. Maybe they have some running plays set up that they'd rather use Fife for than Keen. But, for the most part, you know, 100% Keen gets the call. But that's still the question. Is Mikey 100%? Uh, he has been practicing. He practiced during the bye week. He's practiced this week. But they've been still waiting to kind of feel out and see if he's going to be, you know, have some lingering issues from practice or if he's going to be 100% ready to go. So I would imagine uh, they haven't decided as of maybe Thursday or potentially Friday, waiting to see exactly how Keen looks. Um, and, and that's based on what we're being told, at least. You know, you take all that information with a grain of salt. But to me, it sounds like Keen's practicing quite a bit. They've been splitting the reps quite a bit. But uh, they're just trying to test Keen to see if he's going to be all the way ready. And if he's not, then expect Five to be out there. And if he is, then expect him to be out there. So... I would expect on game day we're going to see both warming up, and we really won't have a clear idea uh, until the first drive, unless it leaks out beforehand. Yeah, and, and that's uh, and that's going to be the thing is uh, whether or not we're going to see only one quarterback, or if there's the potential of seeing both quarterbacks. Uh, right now, I'm kind of leaning towards we might in, even see both quarterbacks as as a precaution to kind of make sure we ease Keen back into uh, the starting role again. But with with the production that Fife had, uh, it might not be a bad idea to kind of uh, kind of keep Fife in the mix, so to speak, uh, because he 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 does possess the stronger arm of the two, um, and he's a lot more mobile, especially with Keen's injury, right, Jackson? Yeah. So one thing Coach Edford mentioned was that there may be some scenarios where they would prefer. Fife to Keen, especially if Keen's not quite moving quite the way that they're needing him to. Uh, I mean, that was the big reason why in Wyoming, I mean, Keen wanted to come back into the game, but they didn't feel comfortable because they knew he was going to be so immobilized that he could put himself in danger with the pass rush that was coming at him. So um, they've hinted a little bit that there may be some certain packages and certain play calls that they could prefer Fife out there if they need him to be a little bit more mobile or 
otherwise what they might like from Fife. But uh, these Coach Tedford's making sure that this is well known that it's not a quarterback controversy, that, that it's not even a competition. Keen's still the starter, but it's a different story if you've got an eighty percent Keen versus a hundred percent Fife or you know, whether it's Keen's less than eighty or more than eighty, you know, then it starts to get a little bit trickier and um you know, first and foremost they want to make sure they don't make Keen's injury issue any worse as well. So uh, you know, they've been keeping it close to the vest, but uh, I think I've got a pretty good grasp on where things stand. It's just Fresno State themselves, they're you know, they're still monitoring where exactly Keen is and trying to figure out if he is gonna be good to go or not. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, that's not the only injury that the uh, the Bulldogs have been dealing with. We also have uh, injuries on the defense. Uh, I mean, there was a handful of different injuries, right, Jackson? Yeah, a lot of guys played through injuries at Utah State. You know, there weren't many that missed that game or came out of the game, uh, but there were a lot of guys that played through injuries and. Those are really the ones where you look at that bye week and think, man, they should be looking a whole lot better two weeks later, having that whole week of rest, you know, and now being able to be a little bit better and then prepare for UNLV. Looking at guys like Lavelle Bailey was, of course, really going through it at Utah State with that big knee brace on. He's telling us he feels a whole lot better. Uh, Eric Brooks has been banged up the last couple of weeks, and we haven't seen as much production out of him compared to the first few weeks, so. Uh, receiver, that's a big one to get him looking a lot healthier. Um, Wheelan Cameron Brocka actually had a, a pretty bad injury going into Utah State. Uh, Coach Coyle revealed that they were actually working on him and Lavelle Bailey before the Utah State game and that um, Brocka was actually in worse shape. Uh, he played some of that game more so in the second half, but he was not himself. Uh, Stephen Comstock's been going through injuries the last couple of weeks. Uh, of course, Dean Clark missed the Nevada game and hasn't been 100%. So it's a pretty long list of guys that uh, have not been themselves but have been playing through it and should now look a lot more like themselves. But really the only um, I mean, the only player that got knocked out of the Utah State game was Max Elena. He had a scary hit to the head. Uh, looked like he avoided anything serious there. And Coach Hedford's confirmed that Max ready to go. He'll be right back in the lineup this week. Plus, they have the benefit of Josiah Freeman uh, playing a great game at Utah State, so they feel a little bit deeper at receiver. Um, and then Isaiah Johnson, that defensive end, is the guy that's missed a few weeks and don't have a real good read on where he is. Um, not sure if this is a long-term thing that hasn't been announced or if maybe he'll be ready to go after the bye week. So um, he's basically Mikey Keen and Isaiah Johnson are really the only two kind of players that are up in the air if they'll be playing or not everyone else unless there something came up over the bye week uh, they should be ready and a lot healthier so we should see uh, uh a, a a different team than what we saw at utah state right jackson <laughs> i mean there was a lot of players that were just being shifted in and out uh due to injuries and being dinged up so that could have contributed why that game was uh was fairly close back and forth for for a long time um and uh, the Bulldogs weren't able to separate themselves until until the end of the uh until the end of the game. But um, having a lot of these bodies back is really going to help change the game plan as to what they're going to do against Nevada. Because let's fate or not Nevada UNLV that I keep I keep saying Nevada I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but unlv this year um has proven that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with and it's the same scenario you and i had mentioned before it's it's going to be one of those where unlv is potentially a sleeping giant with all the facilities and everything that's available to them and the last thing we want to see is unlv to start getting rolling <laughs> um, and it's exactly what they're doing right now. Um, they're coming into this game at six and one overall and three and O in conference play. And the Bulldogs are now going to be getting their best shot from UNLV here at, uh, in Fresno. But, uh, as far as I'm concerned, UNLV has been a thorn in Fresno state's side the last few years. They've always managed to kind of, really put it on to the Bulldogs and the Bulldogs haven't really been able to kind of like have like a blowout game against UNLV in the last few years. Do we expect to see more of that going into this weekend? 
Yeah, it's funny when Coach Stafford keeps getting asked this week about how good Utah or how good UNLV has been and how much better they've been. You'll say, "Wait a minute, now they were they were pretty good last year too." You know, we kind of barely won that game. As he keeps going back to, so uh, I mean, they already had respect for UNLV, uh, but now it's it's certainly really their way that the Rebels are rolling, and um, you know, they couldn't be more different than Utah State from an offensive perspective. The way the Aggies were airing out the ball and the way the Rebels are going to run the ball, but uh, I, I'm expecting a very similar game where there's probably going to be a lot of scoring, a lot of back and forth. Uh, it's going to get higher scoring than most Fresno State games get, uh, but that's where the defense is going to kick in. As you mentioned, uh, they were hampered quite a bit at Utah State. Uh, there was only, I believe, three players that played from start to finish in terms of you know, usually you'll see a lot of guys play every snap uh, at certain positions, but there weren't many of them for the Bulldogs. Uh, basically, the cornerbacks and, and Maurice Norris at Nickelback, that was about it. Uh, four linebackers rotated all game long. They had their usual uh, rotation of 12 defensive linemen and uh, four different safeties played. No one could really stay in the game besides the corners and the Nickelback. So um, this is a game where I think they'll be able to settle in more. Guys will be able to stay out on the field longer. So hopefully Lavelle Bailey will be able to play nearly all the game instead of less than half. Uh, because we saw the defense, while they stepped up and made plays when they needed to, they had a lot of missed tackles. Uh, they gave up a lot more bigger plays than we're used to seeing. And, you know, you know these are an offense that's going to do that to you anyway, no matter how healthy you are. But if they can cut down on that just a little bit, it, it could make the margin uh, a lot wider for Fresno State than it was at Utah State. Uh, absolutely. It's, um, it's the one thing that I noticed uh, against Utah state was, uh, them just doing the no huddle and the the hurry up offense. And it really, it really, you know, does a lot of harm when you're trying to sub people in and out with, with all the injuries that are happening. Um, now I haven't been able to see what UNLV does, but, uh, one would think that that's kind of a game plan that all these teams have against Fresno State right now is just running a hurry-up offense to to kind of minimize the substitutions. Uh, are we going to see more of that, Jackson? Is that is that going to be what we're going to be seeing almost throughout the rest of the season where everybody's just doing that just to kind of keep the Bulldogs on their heels defensively? You know, UNLV is a little strange because they're running the ball a crazy amount, like, it's almost a triple option offense a lot of the time. <laughs> you almost get into Air Force territory where you know they're going 10 yards at a time. But the name of this offense is the go-go offense. So they are running the ball, but they're not trying to build the clock. <laughs> you know, they're they're going to run the ball, and then they're going to try and run it again, and then they're going to try and run it again about as fast as they can. <laughs> well, just watch. They're, they're going to come out to this game with a no-huddle offense just to throw everybody yeah. off. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, they they they're watching the tape and saying, "Oh, this kind of works. Let's do it." <laughs> uh, so we may see some of that happening. Um, I would not be surprised if they did change up tactics just to throw the Bulldogs off because you know the Bulldogs have had two weeks to look at them. So why not just do something completely different and uh, and throw a wrench into the whole thing? So uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see at UNLV for whatever reason, seems to to have Fresno State's number as far as keeping things close and, and really hanging around and making uh, life miserable for them. But let's take a look at these teams right now, Jackson. Let's look at um, UNLV's offense versus Fresno State's defense. And right now, the defense has been really holding up all season long. However, they've been hampered by injuries. How do they match up uh, going into this game? Yeah, this, so UNLV is going to, a lot of times, be in some triple option concepts. So it's one of those games where it's hard to point out a lot of matchups and you know a lot of strengths and weaknesses other than run defense versus run offense. I think the Bulldogs have been pretty solid in stopping the run all season long. Um, I think the only time they've really gotten caught up is when teams can pair a decent running game with some passing and that's what happened at Wyoming. We didn't expect the Cowboys to be able to throw the ball a bit like they did in that game, and that opened up the running game just enough to really go on those long drives and control the clock. Uh, so UNLV's got some of that, too, where they're going to have triple option concepts, and the Bulldogs are just going to have to play a time sound defense, and uh, 
not let some of those plays break open. Um, you know, again, they haven't let many run plays get behind them, but it's going to be a lot more complicated when you have to account for pullback dive at times and uh, the quarterback run and the pitch out, and they're going to run a lot of reverses. and so They're going to challenge you to stay assignment sound as much as possible to try to trick you and, and get around you. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's not like when you play Air Force and that they just have no semblance of a passing game and when it's third and long, they don't know what to do. You know, they do have quarterbacks that throw the ball. They've got a couple of really good receivers. Ricky White, the transfer from Michigan State, that's been there for a while now. And I mean, one of the toughest matchups in the conference, uh, Jacob DeJesus that's in there, uh, the junior college transfer out of uh, Manteca, Modesto area. Uh, he's been a, a huge addition for them. So they've got some weapons there. Uh, that'll keep you honest with the passing game. Um, the offensive line-wise, not very impressive. Tiger Shanks, the right tackle, is the one guy that really stands out. Seems like, much like Utah State was, I mean, this offense is really about the skills players more than it is what's happening at the line of scrimmage. Even in the running attack, I was watching some of the film, and you know, a lot of the running plays that UNLV runs, I mean, the running backs are getting through the line of scrimmage at the beginning of when the hole develops. Not, you know, They're not waiting for the whole offensive line to play out and let the hole develop and read the play. I mean, they're just taking the handoff and bursting straight ahead and seeing what happens. And it works for them quite a bit. Uh, they've got three running backs that are all really impressive. Donovan Lester, Jaden Thomas, Vincent Davis. Uh, Lester is a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pounder. Uh, Davis is five nine, one eighty. So got kind of some thunder and lightning going there um, between those two, and you'll get a bunch of different looks between those two. Um, formation wise, they're going to do a lot of weird things. They're going to put two or three guys in the backfield a lot of the time. You'll have maybe some pistol with the fullback to the right of the quarterback or to the left. Uh, so they're going to do some interesting things. It's going to be tough to read. And for me, it's, it looks more like one of those games where it's less about the talent, more about the coaching and the application of the coaching. So we'll see if the Bulldogs can stay disciplined and avoid giving up those big plays. And if they do, it should be a good sign for the Bulldogs if they continue to win out and get to that Mountain West Championship game and play Air Force because I think a lot of this will translate. Um, you know, if the Bulldogs don't do well and they lose, then the Air Force won't matter because they won't be playing for a conference championship game. So there's a whole lot of relying on the defense this week and stopping that offense. Yeah, that's going to be a big chore for the Bulldogs this week. Hopefully uh, ev- there's enough players healthy in order to really be able to clamp down on what uh, UNLV does uh, to give the offense a, an opportunity to to win the game here. Uh, so l- flipping the the coin here, now we've got Fresno State's offense taking on UNLV's defense. And how do these two shape up on paper here? Yeah, well, you know, much like, again, the Utah State game. I mean, UNLV doesn't have a great defense. Uh, they're giving up quite a bit this season. Um, I've got some numbers here about exactly what's been going on there. Um, they've given up. 26.29 points per game. That's 75th of the nation. They're giving up over a, uh, over 400 yards per game. They're number 103 in the nation there. Uh, they're really struggling against the pass, giving up 227 yards per game. That's 123rd. And uh, they've been decent against the run. They're number 49 at 128 yards per game allowed. And part of that might be due to the fact that they've gotten some big leads in recent weeks. So, a lot of teams are trying to play, come from behind and throwing the ball more than they're running. So I don't know if I put a lot of stock into the passing and rushing yards, but nevertheless, they're giving up quite a bit of points and quite a bit of yards one way or another. Um, they have not held any FBS opponents under 20 points. Um, they've also not let any conference opponents score over 28. So uh, they haven't been terrible, but they haven't been great. So, I, I kind of look at it pretty similar to Utah State. They've been these Rebels are playing a lot of shootout games. They're playing a lot of high scoring games. And I don't really see a whole lot on paper that concerns me that would keep Fresno State from doing the same. So I think offensively they they should be in for a pretty good day. Uh, I like some of the matchups that the Bulldogs are going to have in the passing game. 
Um, Cameron Oliver is UNLV's best quarterback. He might be tough to throw on, but uh, they've got some other guys that are, are vulnerable. I think Eric Brooks could really have a breakout game if he's you know a, a re-breakout game uh, if he's as healthy as he sounds to be. Um, he should be a lot better version than we've seen for a couple of weeks. And at the same time, we've seen a lot of different Bulldogs step up. Uh, we've seen Josiah Freeman have his moment at Utah State. Magdalena had a moment at Wyoming. Jalen Moss has had quite a few moments. Uh, so it's going to be tougher to put more attention on Eric Brooks, even when he is healthy. So uh, I like him to have a big game here. Um, you know, not a lot to worry about in the front seven for UNLV. Uh, Jackson Woodard at linebacker is pretty impressive. He came over from Arkansas with Coach Barry Odom. Um, they do have an LSU transfer, a defensive end. That's pretty scary, but uh, Xavier Carter didn't play much last week. Not sure if he's healthy or uh, just out of the lineup. Hopefully, for the Bulldogs' sake, he's not out there because he can be a bit of a sack machine. Um, Darius Johnson's a pretty impressive tackle at six foot three, three hundred pounds. So there's a few guys, but ultimately, um, you know, hasn't been a very effective group. And they do a lot of different things as well. Uh, they're listed as a four-three defense, but you'll see them go to a four-two, to a three-three-five, to a four-two-five. So. Um, they're going to do a lot of different things. They'll try to match up with you. And, um, usually if you space them out, uh, they, they give up a lot of ground. They're not quite as fast as a lot of teams. So I think very much like Utah State, the Bulldogs are going to be able to move the ball just fine, create some big plays. I think it's set up pretty well for Malik Sherrod as well to have a similar game like he did against Utah State. So I'm not too worried about this side of the ball for Fresno State. It's for me, all about what the defense does against the Rebel offense. Yeah, it's uh, it's if if the Bulldogs are able to kind of uh, slow down the UNLV offense, I believe uh, Fresno State's going to be able to to put up some points and really uh, make a run at it uh, and and be able to to come away victorious in this game. So it's all going to be it's the key is going to be what the Bulldogs are going to do against this UNLV offense. Uh, if they can if they can slow down the UNLV offense, uh the uh, the uh, Fresno State's offense should be able to score some points. So um and unlike some of UNLV's opponents who had to come from behind, uh Fresno State has the weapons to to really come out firing and if Fresno gets out to a lead, that may change the complexion of the game completely for UNLV, right, Jackson? Yeah, definitely. And that's a bit of what I saw and what I noticed in the Colorado State game where they kind of ditched their triple option attack and just kind of spread it out and threw it around at times when they were behind against the Rams last weekend. And they can do some of that too, so you got to watch out for that. I mean, they threw for 353 yards last week. Uh, Jaden Maiva is a... Uh, not a bad quarterback. He's not going to usually put up huge numbers by any means, and he's not a huge threat on the run either. He's six foot four, so he's not you know, the most agile runner as a quarterback with the ball, but can do a little bit of that. Um, so, you know, don't count him out either. <laughs> if you do get a lead, and they got to throw the ball, but um, you know, three hundred fifty-three yards, but no touchdowns, no picks. Kind of a conservative QB. Wasn't very impressed with the coverage that the Rams had. I think the Bulldogs will had better pass defense too. So uh, that was my was first game over 275 yards through the air. So uh, you would much rather prefer them throw the ball like that than you would have to guard that triple option and running attack. Yeah, this is uh, – and, 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 of course, it's also going to come down to, to special teams. Um, Fresno State's been getting a little tricky lately on special teams. Uh, you know, they did that onside kick one time. They also did the swinging gate for a t- for uh, an extra two points. So uh, lots of trickery going on, Jackson. Are we going to see some more of that? Yeah, I remember last year at UNLV, the Bulldogs ran a fake punt. So uh, we'll see if they have something dialed up for the Rebels. Um, from what I'm hearing, they're thinking pretty highly about UNLV special teams. This new coaching staff at UNLV has done a lot right. <laughs> it sounds like special teams is one of them. Um, they did kind of look out. They inherited Jose Pizano at kicker, and he's 18 of 19 on the season. He's made a long of 52. The only kick he's missed all season long was in that 40-yard range, so they're pretty automatic on field goals once they get into range. Um, 
They uh, are not a team that forces a lot of touchbacks on the kickoff game, but uh, they haven't given up a return of over 25 yards either. So they're over 30 yards, so they're not giving up anything when they do have to cover. And uh, their receiver, uh, De Jesus, I mentioned earlier, he's got almost a kick return for a touchdown. He's had a 34-yard punt return, so he's a bit of a weapon there too. So I think you, know, you could see either side uh, break a big one in this one uh, between the two teams and the special teams they have. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely this is a game. Uh, I, right now, this is the game of the week uh, in concerns for the Mountain West. Um, there's a whole lot uh, riding on this game here, uh, so uh, everyone uh, needs to get to the stadium. Last time I checked, I believe they were about ninety five percent done with uh, ticket sales. So, Jackson, we're looking at pro- another possible sellout crowd uh, coming this weekend. So um, this is going to be interesting. And with also the weather cooling down now, uh, there's really no excuse for people not to show up. I mean, it's not going to be extremely hot. And so the only excuse that we're probably going to start hearing now is it's too cold to be out in the state. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, we just can't win right now, Jackson, right? <laughs> You know, this is also going to be the honoring of Pat Hill at halftime to put his name on that ring of honor. They changed up the retired jerseys a little bit to include coaches and, and expand on that in the future. So Pat Hill's going to get his day, um, and that'll be exciting, and it'll be uh, quite a moment to honor him. So hopefully it's the packed crowd. Uh, they'll be able to, to cheer on Pat and honor all the, the great things he did for Fresno State over 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, going to be another one of those moments. Uh, we're going to get another name up on the press box wall there uh, for uh, being honored for Fresno State football. So it's it's going to be another one of those nights that's going to uh, be something special. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I would expect other uh, former Bulldog players uh, that played with Pat Hill, that played for Pat Hill, uh, to possibly be, uh, you know, in the stands or or in the stadium to to take to watch him take up that honor. So uh, it's going to be one of those uh, one of those nights. So uh, if you have not been showing up, maybe this is the game for you. Show up, support the Bulldogs. It's going to be a, a very important game for the Bulldogs in order to uh, make a run at the Mountain West title uh, again because they are the defending champs. So we need to support them to see uh, if we, if they can make it again to another championship game. Now, Jackson, of course, none of this is going to matter uh, if some other um, teams don't start to kind of help the Bulldogs just a little bit, right, Jackson? So we're going to take a look now at what happened in the Mountain West last week. Uh, Bulldogs were on a bye. However, there were some teams that did end up playing, uh, Air Force being one of them, and they took on the uh, took on Navy, and that one really, uh, honestly, uh, lived up to the hype. It ended up being 17-6. to <laughs> <laughs> so Air Force was able to pull that one off. However, some very bad news for Air Force, right, Jackson? Yeah, you know, I watched quite a bit of that game being the, the morning kickoff on CBS. And they had like a 95-yard touchdown pass, and that was about the only points in the whole game for a long time. Then they kicked a field goal, and that was pretty much it. It was 10-0 until the last few minutes of the game. Uh, so... Um, I mean, Air Force played great defense, but it could have been a lot closer if they didn't hit that fortunate touchdown pass. So um, uh, I just kind of expect these games to happen when Air Force and Navy play anyway. Yeah, but Air Force ends up losing their – the reports for Air Force now is they've lost their starting QB for the rest of the season, right, Jackson? Well, they were saying that, and then he ended up playing in this game. So (laughs) I think they pulled a fast one on the media a little bit. (laughs) Zach Larrier ended up – being right. the guy, and um, so uh, if anything, they look like they're back on track. Ah, well, I haven't seen that report, so they pulled a fast one on, even on me. I didn't even see the, that he ended up playing. So that that does change things a little bit for Air Force, uh, although they're in the driver's seat right now. They have everything going for them, um, and I believe they only have two conference games left, um, and um, 
Fresno State is still hoping that Air Force stumbles at least once uh, uh, coming up here so that we have a possibility at hosting the championship if the Bulldogs are able to get that far. Uh, but right now, Air Force is in the driver's seat as far as that is concerned. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye out to see what happens with Air Force here in, uh, this week. Now, the next game that was on the schedule was the, a game against uh, Hawaii taking on New Mexico. Um, and New Mexico comes alive, Jackson, 42-21 to 21 against Hawaii. Um, did you see that one coming? <laughs> I did not, and neither did Hawaii. I mean, <laughs> the expectations are very high over there for this rebuild that they're going through, but they did expect to win at New Mexico. So to lose 42-21 was pretty disheartening and discouraging. Um, I, I mean, again, turnovers was the story for Hawaii. They, they had four turnovers the week before, and they're close loss to San Diego State. They lost the turnover margin 4-0 to New Mexico in this one, and um, I mean, they put up 400 yards, they passed the ball quite a bit, but couldn't convert on third down, um, turned it over four times. They had three more turnover on downs, on fourth down. So um, the same kind of struggles for Hawaii right now. Yeah, uh, Hawaii uh, may need to be doing some soul searching here. Um, you know, after two or three years of, of being at the bottom, they're still having issues. So not really looking good for Hawaii, but we'll see how things uh, start to shape up here. Um, next game that was on here uh, was Utah State taking on San Jose State, and uh, San Jose State woke up a little bit against Utah State here. Yeah, you know, I was at that game for a half <laughs> uh, before I had to go over to see Stanford and UCLA, and I was you know, really excited to see that Aggie offense that we had just seen the week before take on kind of a similar San Jose State team. They're both big play type of teams. And I did not see the same Utah State offense that we saw in Logan. Uh, they went actually with a different quarterback that started the freshman, McKay Hillstead. Uh, he didn't look all that great. He was 17 and 29 for 160 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Jalen Royals, that star receiver who just gave Fresno State all sorts of fits, they were having a really tough time getting him the ball. He only had one catch in the first half, finished with, Four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown, still well under his normal numbers. Um, Micah Davis and Trell Vaughn didn't have big numbers either. And uh, really just fell apart for them in the second half. Spartans just went off and scored 28 points there to, to pull away. Um, so, uh, you know, you look at Fresno State barely beating Utah State and then San Jose State rolling over the Aggies. Makes you worry about that November 11th matchup between Fresno State and San Jose State in a couple of weeks, but uh, I don't think that was exactly the same type of Utah State team. I think if the Aggies would have came to Valley Children's and played like that, the Bulldogs would have uh, cleaned up a much larger margin than they did on the road against Cooper Lega and, and what the Aggies were doing a week prior. Yeah, the Aggies did not look the same. Uh, now I'm beginning to think or, or whether or not uh, them playing at home is making a, a big difference for them. <laughs> Could be. Um, maybe they play a lot different at home than they do on the road. Some teams are like that, um, and it uh, looks like that may be the case for Utah State. Uh, th last week, uh, of course, all eyes were on this game, uh, Colorado State taking on UNLV, and UNLV pulls off a victory a, uh, a tight one, 25 to 23. Um, Colorado State is actually that good. <laughs> they, they took out Boise State and then uh, were almost poised to take off, uh, take out UNLV. Surprised by this one, Jackson? Uh, a little bit, yeah, just because UNLV was on such a roll. Uh, they had played a lot of shootout games, but none of them have been particularly close. Uh, it seemed like they were just beating up everybody. And this game got pretty wild. There was, I believe, five lead changes, or five, at least five scores, four lead changes in the fourth quarter alone. Um, in the last 90 seconds, there were three field goals back-to-back-to-back to back to back that kept changing the game back and forth. It looked like the Rams had won it uh, with a 55-yard field goal with 44 seconds left, but UNLV went right back down and kicked a field goal of their own at the buzzer to win it. So. Um, I felt like this game was pretty ideal for Fresno State and the fact that 
maybe the Rams put a little bit of a blueprint on how to stop UNLV. And at the same time, the Rebels keep their record intact so that it still makes this an exciting game and you can promote 6-1 and one versus 6-1 and one and uh, that hopefully a lot of tickets are sold and a lot of eyeballs are on Fresno State, UNLV in a way maybe they aren't in, in most seasons because just UNLV is usually not like this. Yeah, yeah. And you, UNLV right now is the biggest concern that we had. You know, if we started off the season circling that this was going to be a key game, Jackson, uh, you would have laughed. Uh, I mean, no one would expect that UNLV is going to be the key to the Bulldogs' uh, success this year. Uh, But this is a hurdle that the Bulldogs have to to get over in order to make a run at the Mountain West Championship game. Uh, Are you surprised that UNLV is as good as they are this this season so far? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I thought they made a bit of a mistake letting go of Coach Arroyo last year. I thought he had that program in the right direction. And typically when you have coaching changes in this era, I mean, you usually lose a lot of players, um, especially in the Mountain West. It's been tough for teams to rebuild right away. Um, you know, I, I outside of maybe Fresno State, I mean, not a lot of teams are working the portal very well. Most teams are, are losing more than they're gaining in situations like that. But Coach Barry Odom, I mean, he was – Coming from the defensive coordinator at Arkansas, had a long run at Missouri. Uh, he definitely knows what he's doing, apparently, and he's got a good staff around him. And they're doing a very good job. I think they probably lucked out that Bobby Petrino, who they uh, hired briefly to be their offensive coordinator, left town. Uh, I think Brennan Marion, who's running that go-go offense. Boy, when they hired him, I, that's when I first got concerned that the Rebels might be in for something here. Um you know, he had a lot of success at Texas last year, and he had success at Pitt. He was coaching Jordan Addison in the wide receivers unit. So I'm not surprised that the offense is successful, but I am surprised they're 6-1. and one. They haven't had a very tough schedule, but, I mean, they are pretty solid. And you know, it's wild that the Bulldogs have Boise State next week, and that's the game that's closer to being sold out. But, I mean, the Rebels might be the tougher task at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's gonna uh, it's gonna be uh, rocking and rolling here in the next couple of weeks, um, and things need to uh, go the Bulldogs' way first. They need to get by UNLV. If they can get by UNLV, they have a clear shot at Boise State, who uh, let's face it, are reeling right now. Um, lots of talks of uh, the crowd wanting the head coach's head. <laughs> so uh that one is interesting to to see develop uh my how how the the sh- the shoe has fallen on the other foot these days with Boise. Um but next the last game of the uh, that happened last week, Nevada taking on San Diego State and and this one was an absolute barn burner Jackson. Uh, ended up 6 to nothing Nevada ta- uh, taking care of San Diego State. <laughs> I'm I'm still in shock by that score. Uh, But Nevada did their job. They took care of San Diego State, and essentially San Diego is now mathematically eliminated from having a shot at the conference championship. Yeah, San Diego State was 0 for 10 on third down. Not only did they score zero points, they had zero third down conversions. Uh, 204 yards of offense, I mean, Nevada didn't do a whole lot more on offense, but it was enough <laughs> to beat that. So, you know, the Wolfpack, you know, Coach Edwards said that he really respected their run defense, and yeah, they shut San Diego State down quite a bit on both sides of the, the offensive attack that they brought at the Wolfpack. Absolutely, and so this now makes this week's matchups a very interesting uh, week of matchups because. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and I'm 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 looking at there's two two game two very big games other than Fresno State's games happening, um, and the first one Wyoming taking on Boise, the loser of this one is going to have a very hard time uh, getting back in it for a uh, a run at the championship, and uh, this one is being held in Boise. Is does 
Wyoming have enough to take care of Boise in Boise? Uh, you know, Jackson, in, anytime you go to Boise, it's always a crapshoot. Uh, you never know which team's going to show up over there right now. But Wyoming, the way they've been playing the last few weeks, they they have a legitimate shot at going in there and, and taking one away from Boise, right? Yeah, I think they do. I kind of feel like, assuming Wyoming's a better team here, but Boise State is favored by five at home. So even they, though they are three and four, they've lost a lot of close games. And even with the embarrassment of what happened at Colorado State, uh, they are still two and one in conference play, and they've got to feel like they've still got a shot here. You know, if they do run the table, they'll be in that championship game, and they've got to feel like they've got enough talent to at least be confident enough to to make a run. But um, you know, a lot of discouragement over the way that the season's gone so far. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they are, are able to pull the team together and show up to this game with some confidence. Uh, I think if they do, they could squeak this one out, but. Uh, we'll, it'll be a test for Coach Alalos if he's lost the locker room. Uh, they'll certainly not be able to win this game against a very spirited Wyoming team. So that's it for me. I, I think if it all comes down to the Broncos mentally, if they show up, uh, I think they pull this one off and come into Fresno State with some momentum. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm. I'm right now. I'm kind of torn, Jackson. I don't know which one I want to win on that game. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, granted, if if Wyoming wins, they're bowl eligible. If Boise uh, State wins, uh, they still have some work in order to become bowl eligible. Uh, but if Wyoming Wyoming takes care of Boise, Boise's going to have a hell of a time trying to get bowl eligible. Jackson, um, they're 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 in jeopardy of not making a bowl game this year. Um, he, it, surprised by that at all? <laughs> I know I yeah, am. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They could they could win the next five and play for the Mountain West Championship, or they could lose, I mean, three pretty easy. They've got this Wyoming game. They've got to come to Fresno State. They've got Air Force on the schedule still. So, I mean, they could be anywhere from eight and four to five and seven when it's all said and done. Um, so, and the big one here, I'm probably just speaking a little bit of it into existence, but... Uh, Wyoming needs to lose one still for the Bulldogs to control their destiny. So if the Broncos went ahead and gave them a loss right here, it would make me feel a little bit better about how things are going in the standings. Uh, okay, so yeah, you're, you're, you're pulling for Boise. I'll, I'll remember that one, Jackson. Okay. All right, I'll keep that in the back of my head. Uh, the next one, uh, another big game, and that's Air Force taking on Colorado. But Air Force needs to do it in Colorado. And uh, the way Colorado has been playing lately, that crowd should probably come out for this one. Um, and Colorado has been making a statement that uh, they are not as bad as their record indicates. Um, they They – they're better than what their record is. Um, you see this one being a close one? Um, no, I'm curious to see. This will be the Rams' first home game since they pulled off that big <laughs> come from behind against Boise State. Yeah. So um, They lost a bit of steam going to UNLV and losing last week, so we'll see exactly how Colorado State comes out here. I think um, they've got to have some buy-in from the fan base, at least about what's been going on this year. Um they are, they are three and four, but they've had some good moments here. And, of course, Air Force has moved up to number 19 in the nation. So uh, this is going to be a, a big opportunity for them at home uh, to host Air Force. So, I mean, the Falcons are favored by 14. I don't see Air Force losing this game, but I could see Colorado State giving them a, a good effort here. Yeah, that, uh, that is definitely going to be a big one to watch. I'm rooting for Colorado State on this one. Uh, if they can pull off uh, an upset win against Air Force, uh, evening out the records a little bit, that'll give Fresno State a chance at uh, at hosting a, a championship game if they find themselves uh, landing in a championship game. So I'm rooting for championship game in Fresno so that we don't have to travel to Air Force. Because <laughs> that one, uh, I, I, I don't know, Jackson, I think – at by the time the the championship game happens, if it's in it's fits at Air Force, uh, there's going to be snow, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most likely. Uh, uh, yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> so, um, the next game on the schedule, of course, uh, is going to be a huge one. It's New Mexico taking on Nevada. 
um, that one definitely is going to be uh, one of the uh, you know bottom tier games that's happening. Um, so not really much stock into this one. But how do you see this one going? Yeah, both of these teams, I believe, they had a double-digit losing streak and not less play, and now they're both coming off a win. So uh, it looked like this was going to be a, a streak buster for these two, one of the two teams, and now they both broke their streak just in time to play each other. Um, uh, Nevada's at home. They're a one-point favorite. Uh, I think New Mexico's got more weaponry behind them. I, I like the Lobos in this one. So the winner of this one's going to start a winning streak. <laughs> so I have won two games in a row. <laughs> yep, yep. So that that'll that'll help boost morale, so to speak, for one of these teams. Um, next and the last game on the schedule is San Jose State taking on Hawaii on the islands. Uh, San Jose State still making a run to try to get back into this one. They're not mathematically eliminated just yet, um, and and so if they're able to pull off a victory against Hawaii. They're still in the mix, Jackson. Surprised? Um, you know, they had a really tough schedule at San Jose State first half of the season. They started one on five, but you look at the teams they lost to, it's hard to find many wins, even the close ones at Toledo and at Boise State. It's hard to fault them too much for that, but they've got two wins in a row now. This is a very winnable game at Hawaii. That could give them three wins in a row and a bye week before they play Fresno State, so uh, I mean, they've got a chance to, to get out. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get back into the conference championship game, but they definitely have a chance to be more eligible here. Three and five, uh, four games still to go. Uh, they've got San Diego State and UNLV at the back end of the schedule. So, I mean, they are definitely in play to win three out of the next four and get to a bowl game at the very least. Yeah, so San Jose State is still not mathematically eliminated, but uh, have uh, have a road that they are going to need help in order to get in back into the championship race. Uh, bowl eligibility is still on the line. They they are still able to to try and, and get that. However, a couple of missteps that could be uh, be very det- detrimental to them uh, making bowl eligibility as well. So this this is a lot. A lot is on the line this upcoming week. Uh, there, I see here there's about three key games, Fresno State, UNLV, Colorado State Air Force, Boise State, and Wyoming. Those are the three key games of the week. Uh, winners of those are going to be in great shape. Losers are going to need some help uh, later on in this season. So um, the way things look right now in the standings, We've got Air Force at the top with a conference a record of 4-0, and overall record of 7-0. and UNLV at 3-0 and in conference play with an overall record of 6-1. and Fresno State with a 2-1 and over 2-1 uh, conference uh, um, conference record and uh, an overall of 6-1. and Wyoming 2-1 and conference, 5-2 and overall. Boise State 2-1. Three and four overall, San Jose two and two, uh, three and five overall, and those I believe are the f- uh, five teams that are still in the hunt. Uh, is still in the mix for the Mountain West uh, Conference Championship. Um, I- anybody below San Jose State uh, really are, are pretty much mathematically eliminated all, almost at this point. Um, well, Colorado State, New Mexico, and Nevada. They 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 they've played one less game than uh, than most people, so um, maybe I don't know. They might have a chance to get back into this one. <laughs> I doubt it, but they might have. <laughs> uh, but I believe it's it's those five teams: Air Force, UNLV, Fresno State, Wyoming, uh, Boise State, and San Jose State. Did I say five? That's six. So there's six teams still in the mix. So we're, we're gonna. Those are the ones we're going to be concentrating on here in the next few weeks to try and see how th- things start to shake up, um, and um, and it's it, we're we're getting to the heart of the season right now, right, Jackson? Every win counts. Uh, every game counts. They need to win just about every game in order to 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 make a shot at the championship game, right? Yeah, I mean, one more loss for Fresno State, and that's going to be really difficult. Uh, to come out of this with the conference championship. Uh, I was listening to the coaches show and 
uh, Pat Hill and Jeff Tedford were both there, and they were remarking about how Pat Hill was calling this an elimination game. And Coach Tedford says, no, 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 don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm going to be sick to my stomach. You tell me this is an elimination game in October. Because, uh, Coach Tedford fell one game at a time and even keeled approach. You know, they don't want to look at it that way, but that is what it is. I mean, if the Bulldogs fall to UNLV, uh, they're going to be um, two and two in conference with a couple of tough games still to play, and um, they also have a chance to make this a pretty special season if they can run the table and get to a conference championship game. And um, you know, can't count on New Year's Six either for the Mountain West. Uh, if Tulane loses, uh, I think the Mountain West championship uh, will decide who gets that game. Uh, if Air Force runs the table, they'll get it. But um, you know, a chance for this to be a I mean, they could go one of two ways very easily, just like I was talking about Boise State. You know, they could be conference champions. They could be missing a bowl game. You know, things can go uh, very differently for a lot of teams in conference right now with only about four games left. Yeah, and and every game is going to be is going to mean something in the Mountain West Conference. So right now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake uh, shake out. Uh, but uh, Jackson and I are going to be here to kind of go over every single aspect of where everything falls this season. Uh, and, and we'll keep you up to date uh, as best as we can. Now, Jackson, we're, we're going to start wrapping this up. So you've got any other any other news or any final thoughts that you want to share with everyone? Yeah, that, that's about wrap it up. We've got some deeper dives into this week's game on the Barkboard VIP board. Uh, you're not a member already. It's just a dollar to join on your first month if you want to try it out. Uh, we've got 30% off a year if you want to join that way. Um, if you haven't seen it already, we've got a pretty in-depth report on the basketball team I did last week. I was able to go to some preseason practice and check them out. We've got pictures and impressions of all the newcomers. Um, we've got some other features uh, on the football team this week. Uh, also, Gabe is working on a story about Pat Hill's best moments. Going to try and celebrate him a bit here before they put him in the ring of water this weekend. So I'm looking forward to seeing that piece. And, of course, we'll have all our game day coverage on Saturday and insider updates on Sunday and scoop on which recruits were at the game. So, again, uh, if you're not a Barclay VIP member, it's just a dollar to join for your first month to try it out. Uh, you know, that's the place to be, guys. So if you haven't done so already, you need to go check it out. Uh, now, that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Uh, be a part of our Facebook. Head over and take a look and find the Markboard.com uh, on Facebook. And as always, head over to the Barkboard.com and get uh, get a subscription. Well, you know, we've got both free and premium subscriptions, uh, but the premium subscription is the way to go in order to get all the latest news and updates, especially injury reports where we don't exactly make public uh, to uh, everyone uh, right away. Um, so if you want to know the inside scoop, uh, the best bet, your best bet is to get a premium subscription. That way you can make yourself look a lot smarter than everybody else uh, while you're standing in a stadium. So, uh, that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics. Yeah.